2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk again. It is Friday. Thank goodness it's Friday, huh? May 24, 2019, and we have a three-day weekend here, Memorial Day. I'm Steve Peasley and I thank you for joining me, and I hope you also call me today with your questions. Anything investing, anything about investing, anything financial, we'll talk about it. And when you do call, that's when you take charge of the show and drive it to whatever direction you want it to go. So the questions drive the show. What you want to discuss? And I know most people call about stocks and you know what to do. Should I buy it? Sell it? Give it away? And and just so you know, I can only give you a really brief description based on what I can see in front of me on my computer. There, there's there's no in depth anything when when you ask me about an individual stock because I can't. Don't have the time. For when we do research at KPP Financial, we take long days, days to research a company so it's not it's not you know yeah you can take a quick look and get a lot of basic information quickly and then move on to the next one and the next one next one but you know if you want to get in depth it takes time but we'll answer any questions you want to talk about you drive the show and it's all toward that goal of financial freedom for everybody everybody listening to the show should be able to achieve financial freedom for themselves And whatever that means for you, I don't know if that means five million dollars in your bank account or half a million. I don't know. It depends on your personal life situation. But financial freedom is the goal. And that means you get to decide when and where you want to retire or if you want to keep working. It gives you freedom to make decisions. That's it. Now today, in this hour, I'm going to do my best to help you achieve that financial freedom goal. But again, You're the one who drives it with the questions you ask. So we're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time, and the number to reach me is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, my main talking point, if you do not call and we're going to just have discussions, that's fine. My main talking point here is going to be Trump plans a $16 billion bailout for farmers hurt by the Chinese trade war. I guess we could call it a war. I don't, you know, I, I, I've been calling it just a dispute, but if you want to call it a war? I, I think that's a little, I don't know, too much. But so what's happening is the plan is f- to help pay, you know, pay farmers who got hurt, because that's the first thing that the the Chinese, you know, are attacking is. Uh, is the farmers? I noticed though that last year we, when we were not in a trade war with China, they 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 ordered like eighteen billion dollars of uh, soybeans, and this year is only about three. Hmm. I did not notice that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I have other topics, now, one of them is going to be about the week of May and the five weeks we've had of weakness in May. So let's talk about that. I don't want us to just accept it. I want us all to understand what's going on. And uh, durable goods orders came out today. Durable goods orders are those things that last three years or longer. And I want to, it was down. I want to talk about that. And things you don't buy over this three-day holiday weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Things you do not buy. And we'll talk about those and why. So that's going to be the topics today. The market Market was down. uh, It was up 95 on the Dow, up nine on the Nasdaq, and up four for the S&P 500. It was it was better at the opening of the day, but it was an up day. But you know, for the week, it's not up. So don't get too excited about one up day. I'm certainly not. I'm surprised it is up. Most of the time, people, uh, investors, traders don't like to go into a three day weekend with positions, in positions. They like to be out of the positions and then come back. But maybe all the selling was done yesterday. So that's what we planned on talking about, but why don't we go ahead and grab a phone call, a caller that came in li- earlier on our listener line. And the number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. Hey, thank you for taking
3: my voicemail. I just had a question regarding investments in terms of buying stocks. I'm kind of new into, into the game and I was hoping to kind of invest around $2,000 this month, and then kind of if you guys had an idea of what stocks to buy or or in what area to buy those in. um, Just kind of a simple question. So thank you. Bye.
2: Well, I don't know if I'd buy stocks with only a couple thousand dollars. It's not enough to get you proper diversification, but it is enough to get you started in good indexes, uh, ETFs, I would suggest. And maybe in a sector ETS and the sectors that are more defensive would be utilities and consumer staples in a market that we're experiencing that is correcting and uh, a late economic cycle, those usually are the better performers. doesn't doesn't mean that they're going to go up. They could go up, but it doesn't mean that they go up. It just means they do a lot better than uh, high-flying performers in in this type of environment. The environment I'm describing is a late economic cycle environment and moving into the summer. And you'll note, take a look. Take a look, compare consumer staples with with consumer uh, discretionary staples; Those things you have to have, discretion is those things you want to buy. You'll see both those sectors. You'll see one has gone down with the market and one hasn't this whole month. That's the difference. Okay. So that's where I would probably concentrate right now. Okay. 888-99-CHART, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I have already booked several appointments, a number of them. I don't have a lot of slots left for my June 12th return to San Jose. You know I'm up there about every month, maybe four, five to six weeks sometimes. Depends on the demand. But I always meet with listeners, We and you know we go through their portfolios, no cost, no obligation of any kind, You know, consultations about your portfolio, and, or just about your financial situation, where you want to go. So, you know, if, if your portfolio is not balanced or is not correct, I'll help you with that. And we'll talk about why. So you can, you know, have an understanding. Uh, okay, so I'll be in San Jose. You can make the appointment. Go to investtalk.com. Investtalk.com. Send me an email. Okay, before all my appointment times are filled. You got to do it because they will get filled. Okay, I'll be in San Jose again, June 12th. Yeah, I got to get on, the, send me an email, call me, do something. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART.
0: Let's calibrate our calendars. May is racing by, Memorial Day is this coming Monday, and the market movements are certainly interesting. So step up with your finance and investment questions Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to take your calls live. This is Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart.
2: And of course, we all know this is the start of the long Memorial Day weekend here Friday evening, um, but I'm sure other people got started yesterday. And I know that for a fact because there's hardly anybody on the roads today going to work. Uh, the bond market, the bond market, you know, our bond market is probably the safest one, especially if you're going to invest in treasuries, U.S. government treasuries, but that's super safe, the safest one in the world, right? Our bond market generally is pretty safe, though. But, you know, it can be dynamic. It's not necessarily, you know, remember the yields on those bonds are driven by you, the public. The Federal Reserve has nothing to do with that. So nothing to do with that. Now, my concern was, and I brought it up yesterday, is a long bond, a long tenure year treasury bond, and the short two-year treasury bond is getting closer and closer to inversion, meaning the yield on the two-year it go, will be higher than the 10-year. It's getting very, very close, and it's been shrinking, that gap between the yields has been shrinking for two years now. Now, if whenever it inverts, as I mentioned yesterday, we will be in a recession. We still haven't reverted. It's just gotten very, very close. Now Memorial Day is a federal holiday, as you probably know, and we got to honor those people who died for us. I mean, I have I have a number of relatives who are in or were in the military. My dad was in, you know, he was in the the Korean War. It wasn't in World War Two, but he was in the Korean War. And I have some nieces, nephews, in-laws, nieces and nephew-in-laws in the military or was in the military. And one uh, one one named Gary was a ranger and an army ranger, so you know, he was up in the mountains of Afghanistan. So you really gotta give these people credit, really do. Okay. Now, let's see. Did you know also that Memorial Day for the markets considered the start of the summer vacation season? And for the market, usually that means volumes is less trading during the summer and the market is weaker many times. Not always, but more often than not. Also, did you know that, you know, now the Memorial Day is the last Monday of May, but it didn't always used to be that way? From 1868 to 1970, Memorial Day was observed on May 30th, no matter what day of the week it fell on. For a long That's a long time, okay? Very long time, 1868 to and 1970. And then they changed the number of holidays to be to fall on Monday. They give everybody three-day weekends. Do you remember that? Probably most of you don't, but I do. I was just out of, and in 1970, I just got out of high school. Um, okay, is there a light at the end of Boeing Air Airlines tunnel? Is there, is, there a, is there a light at the end of that tunnel for Boeing? Well, Boeing, Boeing was up today, 2%. Boeing Airlines. Remember with the MAX 8 and grounding, and they're still on the ground. The, you know, the bad publicity, two planes crashing, you know, uh, of MAX 8, 2, and within six months, you know, bad news for Boeing. But maybe it's done. Maybe the bad news is out. Maybe that the FAA says that it expects Boeing will have its, its uh, parked MAX 8 jet back in service during June. So that jet is gonna be back in service in June. Well that's in a couple weeks. Less than a couple weeks. So that's good news for Boeing. So it's a software fix. In the some something to do inside the airplane's software. It's nothing to do with the hardware of the plane, but the software. Remember, these planes pretty much fly themselves. At certain points, and you know, you're listening to the plane. Give, the pilots listening to the information supplied by the plane, and doing what the plane says. And if that software is not right, man, it's trouble. That's trouble. Southwest Airlines flies about a hundred destinations and has a 754 aircraft in its fleet. The airline says the Max Eight jets comprise of five percent of its planes. So how many Max 8 jets has Southworth had to keep grounded? 37. 37 of them. Now that, remember, that's a lot. You paid millions of dollars for these planes. <laughs> Hundreds of millions. Billions. And they're on the ground. Hmm. You know, there's going to be another IPO coming out. IPO. This one is a lot more boring. It's a WeWorks. It's the off, I, I I am in a new office, and it is a WeWorks office. Uh, and they recently changed the name to We Company. I don't know why. WeWorks, I like better. Um, but it's going to be, you know, it's a high-flying private startup. Billions of dollars is spent uh, getting these things open, and they're going to go IPO. I'm not sure if the concept will work. I'm not sure. I'm, no one really knows. But there's, this is gonna—it's like a flexible workspace for individuals and small companies. Um, and there's no—you know what's nice is they don't have to worry about regulations like uh, Lyft and Uber. You know, they, they don't have that kind of issue. It's just a real estate company, really, that rents commercial properties to people like me, small businesses. They—they would—they have the whole floor, the whole building, and they rent it out. To and chop it up in little bits. It's a different concept. You really had to take a look at it. This is Invest Talk. Then we'll come back next week. Only four remaining trading days for May. Four. That's it. Been a bad month so far. And uh, so we're gonna be in a long weekend now. So give me a call. You're not in this alone, you know. This investing stuff. This is I'm Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and this is Invest Talk. And, of course, my firm is KPP Financial, and we want to help you any way we can. We want to get to that financial freedom. So please feel free to contact me or Justin anytime at KPP Financial in Irvine, California. Our our number is open. We're live, 888-99-CHART. KPP Financial's Summer
0: Invest Talk Wealth Conference has been set for Saturday, June 22nd, in Irvine, California. You can learn more and purchase tickets right now at investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio show and podcast continues. The
2: phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Now, as you know, every Friday, I send out the KPP Premium Newsletter. You can subscribe to it if you like. It goes out free to all the clients. Uh, and I, on Fridays, I like to discuss a little bit, just touch on the highlights on the, on the, on the newsletter. And the first section is always the market, condi- market conditions section. And I started off with, we had another slow week in the economic report front, uh, with earnings season over and the bad news of the, uh, the scheduled, no scheduled China, China talks on trade. The market was left to fend for itself. Consequently, the market turned negative and has been for the whole month of May, an absence, because there's an absence, there's a void of any catalyst, in stimulating catalysts out there. What's going to drive the market? Great news and earnings? Well, earnings season just finished. Uh, great news on economy? Well, we know that the economy is slowing. It's still growing, but it's slowing. And other parts of the world are worse off than, much worse off than we are. So we don't see any great news there. So what's going to be the catalyst? And that's what the first section of the newsletter was all about. It takes cash. It takes money to drive the market up. Money has to come into the market. That's what we talked about. Portfolio management section. Mutual funds may not be the most exciting investment vehicles. I started off in the marketplace, but they do provide great diversification. But if you're going to have to own a mutual fund, which most people do, you should know how to evaluate them. So I gave some hints on how to check out mutual funds. And one way I'm going to tell you right now, which is not in the newsletter, you do not buy mutual funds based on their last year's performance. You do not buy mutual funds based on last year's. Mutual funds themselves will advertise their performance last year if they had great performance. But last year's winners is usually this year's losers. Don't do that. One year does not mean anything. But I gave you some hints. A couple of stock ideas every every week. Uh, I gave a, a microprocessor company and, you know, uh, a computer the company that I thought looked pretty good. So, you know, the, the, I always give you a couple of ideas on them. So there's a lot of valuable information. Of course, there was also uh, one other section. I did have four sections, right? And the fourth section would have been con- about consumers. Okay, consumer watch, I call it. And it's always something about you, the cons- you as the consumer, and that's about it. That's always every week. It's easy to subscribe if you subscribe if you're interested. You can directly go to investtalk.com, investtalk.com. There's two T's, and through investtalk.com, that's how you subscribe, and you'll receive every Friday in your email box the newsletter. Now let's go ahead and start and take a call. Let's go to James in Sonoma. How are you doing, James?
3: Well, I'm doing pretty good. I wanted to talk to you about a, um, since you're mentioning uh, utilities and, and
0: um, uh, bad stock market performance, um, this Vanguard Utilities Index Fund, VPU, it's gone up since, uh, you know, since January. It's, it's a
3: utility. The yep. market goes down. The utility goes up. Not a lot, but it's a steady, steady, steady
0: performer. Mm-hmm. But on the Schwab thing, right. it lists it as Morningstar ratings of four and five. or Actually, in the uh-huh. five year, it gives it a, a, a five star rating.
3: And then when you get down to historical returns, it says above average. Then it says historical risk high. I can't figure out Mm -hmm. why it's high. I mean, I look at the
0: top five holdings they've got here, and these are all stalwarts. I mean, they're not going anywhere. And I can't figure out why they risk it as historical risk high. I thought you could help me with that.
2: Okay. Sure, James. Uh, James is talking about uh, Morningstar, which rates mutual funds one through five stars, and they, and he's he's looking at the main page, which is free to everybody. Um, and Morningstar also has things you can pay for. We buy, buy a lot of data from Morningstar actually, but the the mutual fund ratings is right there. And when says there's a section over there that rates the fund, and he says it's a rating the fund above average, meaning the returns are above average for Vanguard Utili- Utilities Fund, and VPU is the symbol. And it also says the risk is high. Now, now James, remember it's the risk in that sector it's talking about not the overall market so it's comparing the it's comparing all the, the mutual funds in that utility sector okay so it's comp- comparing with them it is they're saying that even though the whole sector is not very high as far as risk this fund is taking more risk than other funds in the same sector Okay, but that's okay because you're getting rewarded for that risk because you're getting above average returns. So you see, this is kind of that's kind of what you want. You want if it's taking higher, a little bit higher risk, but by maybe owning James and maybe it owns a number of smaller utilities. Okay, maybe that's why it's high. It's not maybe the top ten holdings are big safe utilities, but what about the next fifty holdings? Do you see what I'm saying? So uh, it depends on, depends on what they are allowed to do. They could be using options too. Don't know because I'd have to look it up. But all it's saying is, yeah, this mutual fund risk is a little bit higher than all the other, pe- it's peer groups, but you're also getting a little bit higher return. So. I don't think you should worry about that. If you are getting average return, it said average return and higher risk, then you say, hey, wait a minute. Why am I taking higher risk and you're only giving me the average return of everybody else? Why don't I go to somebody else who gets an average return and lower risk? Good question, James. Very good question. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And let me remind you that in the Best Talk radio program and its podcast, we replay. provides It provides every day a daily dose of market news and unbiased commentary opinions by me and Justin. So give us a call. You can rate us, download us, listen to us. 888 99Chart. This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in
0: Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans to attend KPP Financial's Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June 22nd from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Irvine, California. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities in any market environment. The Summer InvestTalk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss. Conference attendance is priced at $39. However, if you sign up during May, you'll get a special price of only $29. You can purchase tickets and learn more now at investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART.
2: 888 Let's go talk to Jim in Indiana. How you doing, Jim?
3: Excellent, Steve. Good to talk to you. Appreciate the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, was calling you today because uh, I, I'm i having trouble figuring out my, my full retirement plan and picture because it seems to be a little bit complicated. Um, I'm a teacher, okay. so I've got a pension, which you know, well, make things good. a little odd in terms of figuring out what, what, um, the end is going to, you know, what, what I'm going to be making after, mm-hmm. after I retire, I'm 40. Um, but I also mm-hmm. have a home, you know, I, I've got, okay. uh, about 13 years left on my mortgage and, um, was kind of curious how to incorporate all of that into that big retirement picture. Um, okay. I know I need some place to live when I'm retired but I don't know you know what that whole component looks
0: like
2: yeah you're you're a bit young really to to know exactly where you're going to be but one of the first things you have to decide you 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 got 13 years left that means if 53 you'll have that house paid for so one of the first major things you have to decide is are you going to stay in the house is this where you're going to live in retirement If the answer is yes, that makes your job a little bit easier because you know, you'll know how much it's going to cost to live there. All you have is property tax and then upkeep, gas and heating and, you know, repairs, right? So that's very easy to know. Uh, So you can figure out how much you spend today on a monthly basis. How much money do I spend? Take out the mortgage because you're going to have that paid off, right? Take that off. Say, well, how much do I need to have in retirement after taxes? And then that's how you figure it out. Now, your savings, let's say you have a half a million dollars. Plug in your head, you can take about four to four and a half percent of that money every month. Every year, 4 to 4.5% four of that 500000 every year, which is what, 22000 or 23000 And that's going to be what that money can produce. That, that account can produce that much money, okay? So you're talking, okay, that's a, not quite $2,000 a month there. How much am I getting my pension? You know, how, uh, how much a month I'm getting there? Let's say you're getting another two. There's $4,000. I'm going to get $4,000 without ever touching my nest egg. And is that enough to live on? And then you figure out inflation. It's not that hard, believe it or not. You know, so you can do this on kind of a back of an envelope fast method. And if you want to do something more in depth, we got software for that. And we can send you an invite and you can fill out what's called an advisor. Which you plug in all the numbers and ask you the numbers to plug in. You just plug them in and it'll tell you if you'll have enough money, you know, or, you know, or they'll tell you you need to save more or whatever. But, you know, so that's the first question. Yeah. You so you're going to stay where you are? are. you going to live someplace cheaper. Are you going to want to try to move someplace more expensive? You know, then you got to figure out about what you're going to call what you're going to cost to live. And then you're going to add in inflation, two, three percent. 2% really at this stage, and, and okay. that then it's not hard, okay? But if you have – you can call me, Jim, at my office, and I'll help you run the numbers. No obligation. Okay, I appreciate it. No, you do know, you know how to be a client, and I'll help you. It's not hard, but you really need to take it. You're still young, so you got plenty of time to adjust, you know, if you're not saving enough or whatever. We'll talk about that. Okay, I also got to talk about how many kids you have or you pay for college. You know, there's all those other kinds of questions I need to ask, you know, and see where you are. Gene, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Very good question. And and at 40 years old, you need to start thinking about it. need to start planning that. My main talking point today concerns Trump's $16 billion bailout for farmers hurt by the Chinese trade talks. And the question is, should we be paying $16 billion? most of politicians say yeah yeah we need to help our farmers and i don't disagree with that my biggest issue here are we helping these huge corporate farmers because if we are i don't want to do that i want to help the mom pop farmers be happy to do that but these big corporations these that are, they have all these farms and huge huge acreages and farming commercially i don't i don't i think they need to watch out for themselves uh, I mentioned yesterday I don't like I don't like corporate bailouts, but we do need to help the small farmers and the farmers to get over this. Uh, but we don't also want them to be reliant. This is just a one-time sixteen billion dollars for this year or this next year or two, so we can't get used to that. We have a farm bill that comes around every five years. We spend billions of dollars on the. On farms, because we we produce a ton of food, and we export a lot of it, but we spend lots and lots of money on this, um, and I'm just not quite sure if it's smart spending. I want to help the small guy. I do. I really do. That's the guy I want to help, but not the big corporate farms. I don't want to help them, because like in the other business, you know, you have to be prepared for ups and downs. It's your job. Just like I was not keen on bailing out GM, I was not keen on bailing out the you know the uh, the um, uh, the banking system. But we kind of had to do that. But the way we bailed it out, we got all our money back. We mean the government. But we kind of had to do that to keep the system flowing because the banks and cash keeps our economy moving. You can't just stop it. But. Now we have this big farm package. You know, where's the $14.5 billion coming from? We're just going to print it? More debt? Is that what we're doing? More debt? See, I don't like that. I don't like that that direction. Don't misunderstand me. I do want to help the farmers. I'm just worried about the government spending wisely. It seems to be something that they have trouble doing. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley and you're listening to Invest Talk, so I think it's safe to assume that you are serious about, you know, investing. And of course everybody wants to grow their wealth, right? I do, you do, I'm sure. And that's great. But you know, investment involves choices. And you need to make sure the choices that you're making fit you. In other words, are you taking making choices that are super high risk and you're going to lose probably lose half your money? Or are you taking very low risk, too low risk? How do you know? And that's, of course, that we do have something to tell you that. We have something to help you with anything financial. We do. I really do. You can use our free online tool called Riskalyze, and it will, you know, let you know, Just go to invest.com click on it. It's a short questionnaire, and it measures. That questionnaire tries to gauge how much risk you're comfortable with. You know, you'll if you do, go take it, you'll see. And it gives you a score from 0 to 100, ADB and the S&P 500 risk. But we're trying to gauge your personal risk. And then it sends me the information. I respond to you. And I ask you to send me your portfolio. And I'll put that in, if you like, and give you a score of that. But you got to go take the question there. It's short, so it's not going to long thing. Okay, I'm ready for your questions on air. We're live, 888 99 chart.
1: A quick reminder, if there's a term that you hear mentioned on the program but you're unclear about what it means or you have a question about it, we want you to ask. It's very likely that you're not the only one with that same question. 888-99-CHART.
3: Hey, it's Michael from Nashville. I just had a question about ticker symbol R as in rabbit, Y as in yield, L as in Larry, D as in dog. It is the new cover call ETF by Global X, and I was wondering how soon is it to get invested into it? I know for stocks, you guys typically say wait six months, and this particular ETF came out last month. I think somewhere like April twenty-six or something. It is the sister ETF to QYLD, which is the I think it's the Nasdaq. Covered call ETF. So I was just calling to see how soon would it be or to invest in ROYLD. Thanks.
2: Yeah, it's something. This is an ETF, everybody. And it's tracking, uh, it's tracking the CBO Russell 2000 buy right index. So you don't have to wait six months. It's not like an individual stock. So this is a call uh, Russell 2000 covered call strategy. I don't know exactly what they're doing because I'd have to look it up. But a covered call strategy is a way to make income while you're holding on to the stocks. So you're say you're selling covered calls. Covered call is something, the word covered means you actually own the stock. You can sell naked calls, meaning you don't own the stock. But you own the stock, and you're selling a covered call, and you're getting paid a premium. And that premium you get to put in your pocket. And for the next 30 days, there are, Third Friday of every, third Friday of every month, the 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 options expire. That covered call will expire, and if if third, if the stock just stays the same, you just keep the money and put it in your pocket. They can call the stock away. That's where the word call from. They can call the stock away because what they're buying is the right to call that stock away from you at a certain price. Okay. So uh, that's what they're buying. So you can have that stock taken away from you uh, if it meets the certain conditions. I don't want to go into covered calls, but to answer your question, you do not have to wait. I don't know what covered – there's a lot of different covered call strategies. So I don't know what they're following, so I'm not sure. We have one. We call it our Equity Income Plus program. Uh, and that's a covered call strategy. We, we buy kind of blue-chippy type stocks, and we sell covered calls. We're hoping they'll never be called away, ever. That's our hope. So we try to buy or sell the covered call in 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 a, in a fashion that we don't think that there will be op- the option will be exercised, and they'll take our stock away. And we just want to keep putting that money, that premium for that, in our pocket every month. Because that adds to the wealth. It's kind of an income strategy. But anyways. No, there's nothing wrong with go ahead and doing it now. You'd have to make sure. Try to understand what they're doing, though. Don't just, oh, it's a covered call strategy. Well, what kind? How are they doing it? They say they're following an index. You know, uh, uh, the CBO Russell 2000 buy right index. Well, I don't know what the buy right index does. Okay. 888 99 chart, five weeks of weakness is what we've had in May. Five weeks. Next week will be the the, the the sixth week. So remember, we talked about in, you know, before May came, remember, we're talking about ta- around tax time. There's that old saying, go away in May. And I mentioned that I thought that we we're going to see more volatility. And, of course, I didn't think it would be, you know, right at May 1st, but we have seen a lot more down volatility and a lot more volatility, period. Um, And that's been for all the month of May so far. And I don't think it's going to go away. The only way it's going to go away is if there's some kind of catalyst that comes along. And the only catalyst I can see is the uh, agreement on trade agreement with Russia, with uh, China. Okay, that's the only one I could see that, be, that would be a positive cat- catalyst. but it could something some some black swan event could happen. I don't know, some event outside our you know a purview. So I don't know. So also one of the reasons why they say go away in May because this is the weekend that the summertime usually starts In summertime, the middle 6 6 months of the year are not nearly as good as the last three months and the first three months of the year for the stock market. So when they take go away in May, that's one of the reasons why, because there's that annual cycle going on with stocks. Doesn't always happen, but it generally happens. And again, as I mentioned, if without a catalyst, stocks tend to meander down. You know, without money keep coming in and some excitement about it, stocks meander down. So we have to have something happen, and something will happen. I just don't know when. Let's go to Michael in Seattle. How are you doing, Michael? Oh, hello. Thank you for taking my call.
3: I have a couple of uh, uh, two things to ask you. One, uh, one is IBM. The other one is a Haller's version. I want to ask you what is a good entry point to buy.
2: Thank you. Okay, let's look at IBM. And in, in, international business machines, they're one of the long-time blue-chip tech stocks, right? Provides IT consulting services and computer hardware and software for institutions worldwide. I, I actually remember when they just used to be, they didn't provide services at all. It was just Big Blue. They it, they They sold big computers. That was it. And they moved to IT consulting services because, you know, IT was getting more and more and more complicated. And there was a lot more money in that than just selling their computers. And that was a very smart move many, many, many years ago for IBM. And and uh, now the question is, are they getting into cloud computing? Are they, you know, are they getting into artificial intelligence? What are they doing now? And that's really the question you need to ask. IBM is a $117 billion company. Pays a very nice dividend, 4.9%. Good solid blue chip stock. Sales have been shrinking a little bit in the last three quarters, and they were growing a little bit the four quarters before that. So that's IBM. Nothing exciting there. They're right at the 200-day moving averages Is 132 dollars. Um, uh, and if they hold this and they have for last week or so, this would be a good buy point. 132 dollars. PE is like it's going to be nine next year. So, it's not expensive at this point. It's not expensive. There's just nothing exciting about it. You buy this because of that dividend, 4.9%. And that's about it. Michael, appreciate the call. IBM is just stock. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we have one goal here. We always have one goal. And that's always to help you achieve financial freedom. That's our goal. And our work continues after this break. So, get your questions in now if you can. 888-99-CHART.
0: It is official, Steve Peasley has set a date for his return to San Jose, California. Yes, Steve will meet with listeners in San Jose on Wednesday, June 12th. He'll conduct his no-cost portfolio review consultations. If you set an appointment, Steve can look at your investments and then provide individualized and optimized advice. This is the kind of unbiased guidance you'll need to help you achieve financial freedom. You can register at investtalk.com. This is Invest Talk, and we're taking your calls now. Step up with questions. 888 99 Chart.
2: 888 992 4278. Let's talk to Richard in Michigan. How are you doing, Richard?
3: Good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I absolutely love the show and learned so much. Thank you. I have a question when Great. I'm analyzing stocks. Um, I always hear you guys talk about you know, making this amount of earnings and that amount of earnings. But when I use my TD Ameritrade uh, uh, platform, it says it has, uh, there's like two ways it shows earnings per share. One is GAAP versus non-GAAP. And when you're talking Mm -hmm. about that, which number should I use when I'm analyzing if the dividend is secure or not?
2: Now that's an absolute excellent question. Don't get too many excellent questions, but that's a really good one. GAAP, G-A-A-P. What is GAAP? General Accounting Principles is what that is. General Accepted Accounting Principles. That's why it's G-A-A-P. Uh, general accept, General Accepted uh, Accounting Principles. And it's, it's a set of common... Uh, accounting accepted ca- accounting principles and standards and procedures that the companies are required public companies are required to follow the same counting uh, principles so that when you analyze something, you're not you're analyzing the same. When it says non GAAP, which they're allowed to do, they meaning the corporation, they're not allowed to report non GAAP and GAAP. Non-gap means, well, we're, we're adding or taking away certain items because they distort the numbers, and we're trying to make it a clearer picture, when in actuality, they're just trying to make it look better. So for you and for everybody else out there, you want to use gap numbers. Gap. Okay? Because that includes, that's the general accounting principles that everybody's supposed to follow. So that other stuff is marketing non-gap is all about marketing the, the company trying to make it look better than it actually is not that they're trying to lie well, they can't lie even a non-gap but they certainly can you know you know you know you know accountants can lie with the truth you know that right <laughs> so so yeah. they lie with the numbers on non-gap you want gap okay very okay. great question thank though, you Richard. so much, really. Thanks for the call. Gap, everybody. General accepted accounting principles. All companies report there are standard, common standards that everybody uses. And that's how when I say, hey, the earnings per share is $2.20, that's gap numbers. Okay? I love that question. Amit, in Cincinnati, how are you doing? You want to talk about Tesla? How are you doing, Amit? Yes, Steve, how are you? Happy Memorial Day weekend I'm to you and the whole team. Thank you. looking forward to it.
3: I wanted, I wanted to ask you, do you think this is the end for Tesla, or do you think they can still survive?
2: I think you probably, if you've listened to the show, you probably heard me say that I, I, they have a great car. They have a great product, but I'm not sure they're going to survive with the same shareholders. I can easily see them filing bankruptcy, coming out of bankruptcy, just like GM did during the financial crisis years ago, and be the new Tesla just operating. But all the shareholders are going to get shafted. Okay. I can see that happening now. No one's really talking about it. We've mentioned it here on on Talk. I know Justin has. I know I have. That that's a possibility because of the amount of debt they keep putting on and keep putting on and keep putting on. And, you know, uh, and E.M. Musk keeps lying. He kept lying about his production numbers and he seems never to reach them. And, you know, there's just too much going on. That's And now the stock is really falling hard because I think, A lot of people are waking up to it. I saw an article earlier this week saying the stock is going to go to $10. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but um, I'm not sure they're going to survive. I think they will. I think they will. But they could easily not. So be very, very careful. Don't be a buyer of Tesla. Don't. I'm Steve Peasley, and this uh, completes another Investop program. Five this week, and of course, every week. And I thank you for the support you give me and, and Justin on the show and the calls. I do appreciate them. I do enjoy them too. And if you have time, you can always listen to our podcast. You know, you can download it, go to investtalk.com. I want everybody to enjoy the holiday and remember what the holiday is about. Okay? I'll see you next week. Good night.